0: you're listening to pod wars with evan gary and justice hey guys this is gary and welcome to another episode of pod wars and pod wars we like to dissect star wars marvel and our favorite little nuggets of geeky media i'm here today with the man bun mando evan
1: yes yes <laughs> i love that man bun mando it could be my new like instagram name <laughs>
0: And the man who puts the justice in Justice League, (laughs) our boy Justice.
2: (laughs) Oh, Gary, that was just bad.
0: Well, it's in honor of the hashtag SchneiderCut.
1: Yeah, and it's like, you you just got like three intros, so you should be honored. (laughs) (laughs) So we're really excited for
0: today's episode. We have on our pod here, Rick Veers. Sound effects guru, uh, soul patch aficionado. Chances are you've heard his work already without even knowing it. Yeah. He's been involved with things like Halo, Call of Duty, ESPN, and all kinds Grey's of... Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Even He's, Star Wars, and we're going to hear that in the podcast. Even Star Wars. So a lot of good stuff. You've probably heard a lot of his work already. He's a great guy. Be prepared for a lot of fun stories here, but... Before we dive into the interview, it's time to go into one of our favorite sections, Twitter Tidbits. Live 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 from the Pod pod Nation, nation, we bring you you Twitter Twitter tidbits. Tidbits. So, c- quick shout outs again to some of our favorite pods from the Red 5 network, Pizza and Parsecs, and Conversations. Thanks for su- shouting us out personally and including us in AirPod Squad. Um, we'd also love to get some shout outs to our new followers at Radio Rebel Pod, at Dispatch DCU, at T Cerebros, at Rebel Base Card, at Pink Milk House, and at Science at Psy Fictionary. Thank you guys for the follows and for joining the hashtag pod nation. Justice, do you have any teasers for the pod nation for comic of the week?
2: Yeah. Um, over the next couple weeks, I will, or next couple of podcasts, I'll either be talking about uh, Sandman, Preacher, or Spider-Man, or the ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, so, you looking for that you're going to get your superhero some of your horror and just some of your oddball kind of stories um over the next couple months
1: awesome man i loved all my shout outs last episode i'm definitely going to miss the pod nation once uh, i have a child but i'm also looking forward to that so well you
0: after listening to that episode you got inspired to watch anime for hours and hours on end right dude i
1: went dude i'm so glad you talked about death note because i was going to be so sad if y'all didn't mention death note is like my favorite, and I'm not even into anime, so. I mean, Death
0: Note nosebleeds. What else can you want from anime? But, <laughs> anime... Also,
2: really quick before we get into the interview, what did you guys think? We said we were going to talk about this last week, Gary, so what did you think of the trailer of Star Wars Squadrons?
1: There wasn't a lot to it, honestly. Like, like well, I, I don't know what's okay. going to happen. Okay,
0: I know everyone's psyched about Hera being a part of it, which is great, but the CGI for Hera, like, not the actress who's covering it the CGI for Hera is a little bit uncanny valley for me it, it just has that like it's realistic enough but not realistic enough that I just feel uncomfortable mm. so uh, that's just my only hot take with it otherwise I'm like I suck at flying games this isn't gonna go well
2: I feel the same way We'll I'll wait I know I like that it's only 40 dollars we'll wait till it comes out and uh, uh, maybe I'll go out and get it probably not though
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that lackluster note of probably not, here's to a not lackluster, an awesome video an awesome video. Yes, we're now a video apparently. Yeah. <laughs> an awesome podcast with sound effects guru Rick Veers. <laughs> So, guys, we're really excited this week to introduce you to the new friend of the pod, Rick Veers. Rick Veers is a sound effects producer, author, and soul patch aficionado. Thanks for <laughs> jumping on the show with us, Rick.
2: Oh,
3: thank you. Clearly, somebody's been to my website. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't paste that text, right? <laughs>
0: no, nah, I, I actually didn't. I just saw I mean, you have a really great goatee going on, which I do it's appreciate. It's not a
3: goatee. Soul patch. Soul patch. Sorry. Four <laughs> go all the way around. This is just a big soul thing. patch.
0: That is true. I'm Absolutely. not an aficionado, so I do appreciate the corrections for that. Yeah, you deserve
3: <laughs> Yeah. It. The, the whole reason I have this thing is really simple. It's because when I try to grow any other facial hair, it's all patchy, and I end up looking like a homeless version of Jim Henson, right? <laughs> so, so what I did was I grew everything out, and then the parts that looked like they could work, I just kept it and it ended up doing just this
0: thing, so... Hey, I can respect that as someone else who doesn't grow great facial hair. <laughs> but Hey, man, that's yeah. the secret
3: to life. You just play the cards you're dealt, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but to the uninitiated, let's give a little bit of a breakdown on who Rick is and what's the cool stuff that he does and is doing. So Rick is one of the leading sound effects producers. Chances are you've heard one of his sound effects. You've probably heard multiple of his sound effects. He's done work for different things like Call of Duty, Halo, Sons of Anarchy, Lego Batman, all kinds of stuff for his sound libraries. He's also worked in in different TV with different musicians, on location, as well as the effects, all kinds of stuff with different sounds. So we're excited to have him on and get kind of his viewpoint as a content creator for this unique aspect of media.
1: As always, uh, since we are kind of a Star Wars podcast, our first question is what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh,
3: see, that's a trick question. I have mm-hmm. to I have to default to A New Hope because like, you know, I I saw that movie at a drive-in theater. So that's like that's sacred, wow. you know, text to us. That's that's the original film. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm older and I and I know more about film and storytelling and and just the general feel and everything, I think Empire that, that was my favorite was Empire Strikes Back. I think uh, so. Right now, if you were to say we could watch only one Star Wars film, I would say Episode Five. Now, if you'd asked me that growing up, it was definitely Episode Four.
1: Yeah, that—that's literally what every guest says. And but I am a—I'm a New Hope fan too. I always say a New Hope, and I get flack for it.
0: I'm still waiting for the one person to say Attack the Clones and have them be <laughs> my best friend. But yeah, one no, day. I don't,
3: I'm not sure that's going to happen. I want to hear somebody say Phantom
1: Menace. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. for sure. When I was when I was a kid, STGI best,
2: best character, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. When I was a yeah. kid, Phantom Menace was was my favorite. So,
3: I remember. All right, so I remember seeing Phantom Menace. <laughs> I saw it the morning it was released. We woke up early because they started screenings at nine a.m. Yeah. So I've been a movie buff my whole life, right? So I'm, I, movies is like a sacred thing for me. So I have this, you know, ritual that I do when I go to theater, and one of the rituals that I have is that I always get. Buttered popcorn, not just a bag of butter, like the biggest thing that they have. It's just the thing I do. Even if I just came from a wedding and I'm stuffed and I'm from the reception, I have to hold the popcorn. It's just a thing with me, right? So we get there at nine in the morning and I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. I got to get popcorn, but I'm there with popcorn. Nine in the morning, the line for the movie was wrapped outside the building all the way around the back. People were showing up. Everybody's in costumes. People were showing up in limos. I, we, we laughed because there's one, one guy trolls up. He, he's in like a limo and the limo driver opens up the back. And of course his girlfriend's dressed up like, you know, uh, slave layout. Right. So they get out <laughs> and it was like, Oh, everybody's ooing and eye. Then they realize they got to walk all the way around the back of the building to get to the back <laughs> of the line, even though they roll up in this limo and we, we saw <clears throat> Phantom Menace <clears throat> And I remember thinking to myself, halfway through the film, oh my gosh, they've got to make two more like this one. Oh no! <laughs> uh. just like, I don't think I like where this is going. It was like, uh, yeah, that was, so I would say Phantom Menace is my, is my least favorite of all of them. All right.
0: Fair. It's understandable. It hurts our hearts, but it's understandable. <laughs> yeah. um, still love for the Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Um, but y- you mentioned kind of your love of movies. I'd like to... No, based off of the media you grew up with and whatnot, what kind of got you started or interested in the field of sound effects?
3: Um, actually, I'm, I'm a filmmaker first. Sound effects is kind of like my day job, so to speak. Uh, <clears throat> but my whole life, I've always made movies. Um, I wanted to become a filmmaker <clears throat> when I was a kid. I can't remember when it started. I want to say it was, <clears throat> gee whiz, I want to say sixth or seventh grade. We went up north to my parents had a cabin and we, my buddy and I went up there with them, or brought my buddy with us and he had this high, uh, this uh, eight millimeter camera and we could do stop motion, you know, movies. And so he did a bunch of stuff. And I just got instantly hooked with the idea of making movies. And so from that moment on, we would start borrowing, you know, home video cameras from our parents and friends and all that kind of stuff and start making movies. And so from there, I just kind of, I uh, went to film school, graduated from film school and then ended up moving back to Detroit and long story short, when I got back here, I was looking for work in the film industry and nobody was hiring for any other positions except for sound. And so, you know, one thing led to another and I ended up doing uh, location sound. So I was the guy that was walking around with the, you know, the microphone on the end of the pole and I was holding <laughs> yeah. it up. For, I did that for uh, for gee whiz, four or five years, I think. And then, um, actually I only did it for a couple of years before I started doing uh, sound effects. And that was just, that was just one of those things where, um, I had some software that that uh, that I had and I was looking to play around with it and I needed some sound effects to play with it. And so I went to Kmart. They were still around at the time. And I, I bought like a $10 CD of, of sound effects. And it was, you know, it was Kmart quality. It was $10 you know sound effects. So I wanted to get some cool stuff, but all the professional stuff was super expensive. So um, I just grabbed a microphone and went out one day and, and just started recording sound effects uh, solely for the purpose of goofing around with this software. It wasn't like I wanted to make sound effects. I was just looking for source material. Plus I wanted to get more familiar with how microphones worked because it was going to help me, you know, uh, doing location sound. So one thing led to another and then I just started making sound effects.
1: That's awesome. I, I kind of think about your job, you know, you make these cool explosion sound effects and I, I, I've kind of heard about your start, like you're just breaking TVs and trash cans and, maybe burning, like starting stuff on fire. Like that just sounds like a dream job to me. Like what, like what (laughs) sparked that idea? Like let's, let's get in a studio and and break stuff. (laughs) Um, You know, really from day one, the
3: very first day that I went out, um, I think I was smashing some stuff or no, actually I I found some junked up cars and stuff when I was messing with them. But the very first sound effects professional gig that I got was making a, a sound effects library called impact effects. And it was just literally, I can't remember how many sound effects, like six or 700 sound effects, but it was all like, you know, hits and like like car crashes and, you know, things like that, glass breaking. And um, so they hired me and said, look, here's a list of all the stuff that we want you to create for this library. So I called up a junkyard and said, hey, I need to come in and record a bunch of material for this library. Would, Would it be okay if I, you know, came in and and?" smashed the cars in the junkyard and so the owner was the owner was super cool i went i met i met with the owner and um he showed me the lot and he says look you can smash anything you want and i said well here's the thing i gotta do it when you guys aren't here because i don't want to hear the sound of like your tractors moving around and all that kind of stuff i want to be here alone is it is it all possible if i could uh you know have somebody stay after or whatever he goes i'll tell you what why don't you come tomorrow morning uh, we get here around 7 30. So if you want to come at 4 or 5 in the morning, just hop the fence. You know, he had the fence, you know, the gate, rather. He just jumped in the fence. He says, and anything behind the fence you can smash. And he goes, go to town. And I'm like, wait a minute. I can smash anything. He goes, yeah, go to town. Anything behind the fence is free reign. So <laughs> that's awesome. My buddy and I came. <clears throat> my buddy and I came there. We brought some, you know, hammers and I brought a sledgehammer. And uh, we got there at 4 in the morning. And we spent almost three hours. We demolished <laughs> about 75 cars. And oh I mean, when word. I see demolished, dude, there's nothing left of these cars. Like <laughs> you're smashing everything apart. And so we recorded a whole bunch of stuff. And then I used that stuff in the sound effects uh, library called Impact Effects. And this stuff was ended up used in like a bazillion things. So you, there's been stuff that has been used in Halo. So if you ever drive the Warthog, the little uh the uh, the vehicle. I've only played up to like level three on the very first one. But At any rate, the Warthog vehicle, anytime it crashes into something, those are the sound effects I was making for that library. (laughs) And then if you've ever watched any of the shows that start with like world's stupidest or world's dumbest (laughs) or world's craziest, all of those sound effects come from that library, or at least a lot of them. (laughs) Total recognizable sound effects. The funny part about it was, is uh, two sound effects libraries later, I got hired into another library called Crash and Burn. So it's all these like Hollywood style, like, you know, cars, you know, uh, rolling over and crashing into each other, giant explosions, all that stuff. So I called the same junkyard owner. I says, Hey man, I I need to come back and record some more car crashes and, you know, impact elements. Can I come back into the junkyard? He's like, well, Rick, I don't think I'm going to be able to let you come back this time. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, uh, why? What's what's up? He goes, well, it wasn't your fault. But I was restoring this car for my daughter and it was in the back. And as soon as he said that, my mind, I was like, oh my gosh that's why there was nothing wrong with that, this purple Trans Am in the back of the car. Oh,
2: that's I remember painful.
3: looking at the car, and I rem- and you could actually hear it on the recording. My buddy's like, there's nothing wrong with this car. And I'm like, Ron said anything behind the fence. Like, I mean, you got to imagine. There's this car that this guy's going to give to his daughter. He shows up the next day. Dude, everything, the side mirrors, the, there's no glass left on the car. The doors are smashed in. The headlights are gone. The girls are Busted. The t- oh. I mean, everything at one point we got inside, it was like opening up the glove box and just throwing stuff around, and like <laughs> smashed at <it> the dash. <laughs> See, a like Ferrari King Kong in there its way in the car it. for like an afternoon. no, oh, so at any rate, I but the problem, uh, well, actually, it wasn't my fault though. The problem was he said anything behind the fence was fair game, and
0: the car was behind the fence. Yeah, he oh, brought man. it on himself. <laughs> 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 well, this kind of leads into one I was really wondering. So, I mean, as us who are uninitiated with the idea of making sound effects, you hear all the stories of these producers, say, for, like, Jurassic Park, how the roars for the T-Rex with all these weird different ways they made it. What is kind of some of the oddest ways you made certain sound effects?
3: Anything goes when it comes
0: to making sound effects
3: because nobody can see what you're doing. So you have, like, free reign to come up with your imagination. So it just really becomes the sounds-like game. Like I wonder what sounds like this, you know. So what sounds like footsteps in snow? So like little things, like you get like cornstarch, and if you crunch the cornstarch, it sounds like people stepping in snow. Like these are like you know Hollywood traditions. Like there's certain things that they do. Like you take a a water bottle, um, like the old hot water bottles, yeah. But you fill it with air instead of water, and then you rub it up against certain surfaces, and it sounds just like cars, uh, car tires screeching and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, myself, I mean, I there's I mean literally. Uh, There's no rules. So I've used anything. I've made uh, fluorescent um, ballast lights flicker from little squishes of tomatoes. Like, I mean, it's literally... (laughs) somebody told me they're like no you didn't i goes yes i did and i showed him how i did it and i actually made the guy bet me and i won the bet but um but yeah you can you can do anything you want when it comes to sound so it's been a blast making all this stuff but really there's no like one sound where i'm like no one will ever figure out how i did that it's like i listen to half the stuff i've done and i still can't remember how i made it when i was doing it you just kind of keep throwing stuff on the timeline and turning it up and down and backwards and forwards until it sounds cool and then you just print it
1: so hmm, that's cool yeah has there ever been like a moment when you know like you're in the movies or you're watching TV or you're playing a video game and you're like wow I realized that was my sound or and what's that like um you know, it's it's funny
3: that you mentioned that just that just happened to me last night um so <laughs> because of the because of the shutdown um my fiance and I have been binge watching american horror story mm. and they keep using my police scanner Radios. So anytime there's a police car anywhere, and you hear the police chatter, I'm like, "Oh, I I know what that is. That's my sound effect." Because if you listen to the chatter, you can actually give references to street names near my house, and that's why I recorded. That's (laughs) why that's how I know it was mine. Like, oh, I remember that.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. That's Um, cool.
3: That's the very first time it happened. Um, It was a trip. I mean, it really blew my mind. So I'm in studio eight in my in my studio playing Call of Duty. And uh, it was like this is like Call of Duty 2, so this is like the World War II one. And um, during gameplay, there's this mortar shell that falls out of the sky and blows up. And as soon as it happens, I was like, oh my gosh, that's my sound effect! Like, I instantly <laughs> recognize it, and it really threw me off because I was like, I made that sound in this room,
2: yeah. <laughs> and
3: oh. I didn't know. That. And so, a lot of guys get hired to do video games and movies, so they know, hey, I'm working on the next Star Wars movie, or I'm working on the next, you know, um. Grand Theft Auto or whatever. Me, I don't know. I just make libraries. I just make tons of content and it gets licensed and sold. And then people use it for whatever they want. And they don't always have to report it. Some of the stuff I do is licensed, so they have to report it. Some of the stuff they just they can use it whenever they want. And so every now and then I'll be in the movie theater, I'll be playing a game, or I'll and I'll like, Oh my gosh, there's my sound effect. Like you mentioned, Jurassic Park. Um the jurassic world i forget which one it was i want to say it was the second one where they're running through a field and somebody pulls out a bazooka and shoots it at a a raptor mm-hmm. like that was my sound effect i'm like oh I, that's a missile sound effect that i made i remember that because <laughs> uh, it's the same missile effects that they use in lego batman so anytime you're in the little vehicles and you're flying around and you shoot missiles at each other like those are the that's the same missile that they use for the bazooka in Jurassic world
0: <laughs> that's yeah. awesome
1: yeah that that's that's super special and thinking of your libraries, I just want to thank you again for giving us a little sample of your library. We're going to, if you're noticed, already, we're going to throw in some cool sound effects between each question and those are all Rick. So he was kind enough to share those with the podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. And, and speaking of recording and, you know, how we're a podcast and, we, and we're, we're always trying to perfect our sound and get good sound. What, is, what are some tips, like what are some of your tips for just getting good audio recordings? Um, you
3: know, I have a staple, uh, suggestion that I give to people. Um, and I mentioned in my book, location sound Bible. So it's essentially the the key to getting good sound. You get the right mic in the right place at the right time and at the right level. (laughs) (laughs) If If you do these four things and have no idea how sound works, you will instantly still get better sound. So get the right microphone, which in general, um, depending on where you're recording, the right microphone uh, for filmmaking, for example, is, is a directional microphone. So you want something that's not going to hear everything. You want it to hear like something that's in front of the microphone. Hmm. So that's the right mic. If you only have an iPhone what, or one, if you only have one microphone, that instantly becomes your best choice, right? So you use what you have. But hmm. if you get a choice, try to find something that's a directional microphone. And then the right, the right place. Uh, You get it close enough to the, you know, the mouth. Usually you try to get like at least a fist away from the mouth. Um, If you're making a movie, the right place is, you know, out of the frame so that the camera doesn't (laughs) see it, but close to the actor. So you got to like hug the frame line. Uh, The right time is always before the actor speaks. Uh, And if you're doing a podcast, you can't look away while you're talking because as you look away, then people can't hear you as well. So you always have to have it right in front uh, of the person speaking. And then the right level, stay out of the red. (laughs) that's those are the bullet points
0: yeah well you mentioned the sound effects your books the sound effects bible and you have the location sound bible what was kind of your well what was kind of the process of writing these books because i mean sound and all this can be probably pretty technical how was it writing this process up
3: um for me, the, the biggest challenge in writing um, both books, but specifically Sound Effects Bible, was um, was an outline of the book because I wanted to show people how to make sound effects that may have never made sound effects before or never, made, uh, never recorded anything in their life. They might not even know how a microphone works. So my thought was, all right, well, I got to teach them what sound is, and then how a microphone works and how a recorder works before I can even talk about how to make sound uh, talk about how to make uh, sound effects. So for me, it was the order of the book. That was important. So you know, what information do I give it at what point in the book? And then from there it was just filling in the, the gaps. I've been doing sound effects long enough where writing the book was relatively easy because it's like it's talking about your days. like that's second nature. like oh I do this and I try this. And so that was the easy stuff. It was just putting it in the right order location sound bible was way harder because there's a lot more technology involved a lot more moving parts a lot of other things that you have to interface with like you have wireless units and um, various different setups where in general sound effects is probably like you plug a microphone into a recorder and then you make something cool happen whereas location sound there's a lot more moving parts because you're working with film crews and all that kind of stuff so
1: yeah, that that does that does sound more chaotic for sure, and you have to you have to be more prepared when it's on the spot. I mean, I remember listening to your location sound podcast and just kind of you were explaining all the backup preparations you had for that kind of situation. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Do you have a okay? Everyone likes to hear a good horror story for some of these experiences. <laughs> Do you have a good uh, kind of everything went wrong horror story in mind with all of your sound stuff? With all of my sound stuff, uh, for me, a horror moment
3: for me is when, um, when we're live or when we're, uh, we're getting ready to shoot or we're shooting and things go wrong. And, and then everybody's looking at me. So the name of the game in the film world is, uh, be ready before you're needed. All right. You are needed Right? you do not want anybody It's like, there's 10 or 20 people moving around on a crew. The last thing you want to do is be like the caboose that's holding everybody up. So, um, So these are like my personal nightmares. I don't want (laughs) to fail. Right. That's like the thing with me. Like I always want to like, I don't want to just achieve. I want to overachieve. Right. So I used to do a lot of stuff with Eminem uh, because he's from Detroit as well. And so uh, we would do a lot of the behind the scenes or, you know, things like that with them. And um, in all the years I've worked with them, not that it was a lot of times, but, you know, I worked with them for probably four or five years and the dude was never one time even accidentally on time like the dude is notoriously late like it's like 6 or 7 hours late and so um there's a thing in the industry where you have your day rate so you get x amount of dollars if you work for up to 10 hours then you have what's called a half day rate a half day rate is where something where you're only going to be on set for an hour or a couple hours they give you half of your day rate well the producer calls me up and says listen I can't remember what it was. He was accepting an award for something or whatever, and he didn't want to show up to the show, so he just wanted to say, "Hey, thanks for giving me this award." So it's literally like him in a chair for like twelve seconds, same thing. <laughs> like that's all. The producer's like, and the producer was always haggling with me, trying to get me to lower my rate. Right. He's like, "Listen, it's a, it's a quick thing with Marshall. I just need you to sit down. Can I get you to do a half day rate?" I'm like, "Listen, dude, I want to give you my day." He said, "No, I want you to give me a half day rate." I said, "It's Marshall. He's not going to show up on time." Like, no, no, <laughs> all right, fine. So I show up at noon. It's it, now listen, it just, it's like a 15 second shot. I show up at noon. So I get all my stuff set up. I check my mics. I check all the levels. I got a couple of mics. I got a boom mic and then I got a, a law form. And so I'm sitting there and then we wait and then we wait. Now this is before smartphones. So like when you got to wait for six hours, it's not like I was tooling around on social media, dude. I'm like sitting on a couch <laughs> staring at a wood paneled wall from like the seventies in this hallway waiting for people like nobody would show up. So I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there. So like six 7 o'clock rolls around, right? (laughs) Marshall shows up, he shows up, sits down. He wants to hurry up and do his thing. I put the mic on him. We go to record and I got a buzz in the audio that wasn't there before. And I'm like, Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. I've had
1: seven (laughs) hours to prep
3: for this 12 second shot. And I, and the producer looks at me, and I'm like, I'm freaked out. I'm like Casper the Ghost, man. I'm like, why what is it, Ghost? I'm shaking, and like, you know. And there's Marshall, and you don't want to waste his time, you know. And so I'm like, oh my god! And so I started switching cables out, trying to figure out the problem. I go to a wireless, I couldn't stop the buzz from happening. So I can't remember what we had. Oh, we ended up switching out, and I hardwired, I think, or something. I had to grab another loft, but mm. that was like. To me, that's sheer panic. Yeah, yeah. Just to like be, you know, the the talent be ready, and then things just go wrong, you know.
1: Yep. Mm. Well, thankfully, so far that hasn't happened with your interview, so yeah. we're not panicking yet. We, we,
0: we've <laughs> definitely encountered that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> justice, <laughs> shut up. Well,
3: I've done. I've done live show. Oh, is there a story that I should be
2: aware of? Oh, uh, well, needs when to you're uh, a story. Well, when
0: your buddy Matt was in on the interview with us, Uh, Justice's mic sounded like it went through a blender for a little (laughs) bit and poor Matt had that just go off in his ears.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. It's because my Wi-Fi went out and I tried using just my normal iPhone and it just didn't it just wasn't working it it was awful long
0: story short matt's gonna be a a co-host now instead of justice yeah yeah yeah. oh there you go yeah um but i I love that story that's what happens when you lose yourself in the music the moment there you go oh Oh, let me say
3: something if you ever seen that music video like those shots where you're standing in front of the trailer park rapping i'm like four feet to the right on the camera because it was a three-day shoot and um, and we did the behind the scenes for the music video, and they sh- they they went around various locations in Mich- uh, in Detroit rather, and and shot that. But wow. it's funny because I didn't hear that. I'm not like a big rap person. It's not like I don't like rap. It's just I don't like draw you gravitate toward it naturally i guess and so when i heard the song for the very first time on the very first day i'm just like all right whatever lose yourself blah blah blah." so like by day (laughs) two my toes tapping, i'm crying i'm like getting emotional about it like my fist is in the air because you hear it like a gazillion times a day it's like they do the shot then they do it again and they do it again so i've heard the song like a hundred times in the
1: (laughs) in the three days but uh, yeah that was a fun shoot that's awesome that you were there for that. I mean, that's an iconic song, an iconic. Yeah, music that's a big video. shoot. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I, it wasn't a fun shoot. It's fun to talk about the shoot in, in, in hindsight. It was a lot of long nights. Like we would, if I remember right, all three night, all three shoot days were evenings because okay. we sh- I believe we shot at night for all three of those. So there was like, they were long days too. They're like twelve 14 hour man. days. You're outside and it's freezing and all that. But and whatever. Stan-
1: you know, you're standing the whole time too, man.
3: Yep, pretty much. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Well, okay. We mentioned some of your work and like some pretty big stuff, but do you have any either a specific sound effect or a specific usage of one of your pieces of material that you're especially proud of?
3: Um. Oh. I, well, I've got a couple, but I think the one that's most appropriate for this show was from day one. I always wanted to have one sound effect, at least one sound effect in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and so yeah. that was my, g- in fact, the very first library I did, Impact Effects, um, that very first CD, I negotiated with the publishing uh, company and I said, listen, I want my name in the credits. And the whole reason I did that was because in my mind, like I was just starting out, I'm like, somebody at Skywalker Ranch is going to see this and think, oh, these are great sound effects and they're going to use my, son-. like that's where my head was. You know, i <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to dream. I was in my 20s. And so, um, so at any rate, Long story short, about uh, back in two thousand nine, I had uh, an intern come and, and work with me, and guy was an amazing guy, and he ended up at Skywalker Ranch, Wow. and yeah, that, that that's a crazy story. But he um, he came here, and after the end of his uh, internship, he was asking me to help him get started at, and I was like, yeah, I'm happy to give you, you know, give you a hand. He wanted a letter of recommendation, and I'm like, yeah, where where do you want to go? And he goes, I want to go to Skywalker. And I'm like, dude, the line starts behind me, man. I'm like, I want to go to Skywalker. If anybody's getting to Skywalker between the two of us, give me the guy who wrote the book. You
1: know? Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: but he was like, he was dead serious. I was like, I want to go to Skywalker. I'm like, all right. So I, I ended up uh, making some connections. He went out there and interned there. Then they hired him. And, and long story short, he's done like, he's done up the Mandalorian. He's done like. I can't remember four of the – or was it three of the last four Star Wars films and, like, all the stuff you could see his name in the credits. I'm like, wow, that's, that's super cool. But to me, that's kind of where I wanted to to, uh, to go is I wanted to have something, you know, in the Star Wars universe. And then um, I get an email in December uh, from one of the licensing companies that licensed my content, and they said, listen, you know, uh, Star Wars wants to use um, – one of your, your sound beds for the, or my trailer beds for the latest uh, trailer for the Rise of Skywalker. And I'm like, no way. So I'm like excited and waiting to hear back. And they never contacted me. I never heard anything. I went and saw the movie a bunch of times in the theater. And, um, And it wasn't until January, the final, uh, the next month that they sent me the invoices. So just so you know, they did pick up the license and your stuff was used. And so I, and like, talk about sliding in the home at the, like the last (laughs) second, the very last film, the very last, (laughs) like the film is already made. They've already cut it. Like the very last chance for me to get a sound in would have been the trailer. And sure enough, at the last minute, they ended up using one of my stuff for the, uh, the trailer. So that I would say. Is definitely one of my career goals was to have something attached to the Star Wars universe.
1: Dude, so. that's great! Congrats, man! That's exciting. And, and hey, there's an opportunity. You never know. There's gonna be more Star Wars. We're kind of in a dead zone, but you, you, <laughs> there, but that's where cool. you got in. You got it on the Skywalker saga right before it ended. Do you exactly? Do you possibly remember like the exact sound that it was or?
3: Oh, to be honest with you, I don't even know what it was. Yeah, yeah, they but, sent me the name of the, the title of it, and I, but I don't know them by title. Well, oh, so you I just saw Lucasfilm
0: and, and Star Wars, and everything else went blank at that point.
3: Oh, yeah, exactly. I blacked out and woke up two days later. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. I don't know what the sound I, I probably should look it up. I don't really care. But it's yeah. just, you know,
1: the fact that it's a part of the universe. I'm like, woohoo. Dude, that's awesome. I was at Star Wars Celebration when they played that first teaser, and I mean, it was an exciting experience, and they played it twice, and every time, everyone was, it was freaking out, so. Oh, yeah. Well, um, so we know you have a cool, like, you have a cool, um, like, an internship thing, and you, you've made, like, a video series, right? You call it the Detroit Chop Shop? Yeah, Detroit Chop Shop Video Diaries. So we did six seasons of
3: those. Uh, and essentially the idea behind the show was super simple. I um, We would put out a, um, an internship call. So I'd have kids around the world that would uh, apply for an internship at the Chop Shop. We'd make a selection. We'd bring in anywhere between three to six uh, guys or guys and gals. And they would come in and um, they would spend the summer with me. We'd go out and, you know, shoot machine guns with the police or, you know, blow up cars or whatever we could do. And record all the sound effects. Then at the end of the summer, we would release a library. And so they would be able to see a library, uh, you know, come to life from, you know, from the very concept, from the very beginning, all the way to the release. And at the same time, we would do this, I would bring in another intern who would be a video producer. And the idea behind that was I wanted to give somebody a chance to make a video series that they could put on their reel. So this is kind of like their show. So there's six different seasons and there's six different producers for each, you know, uh, one, uh, excuse me, a unique producer for each season. Hmm. So they would come in and they would follow us around with the camera and record all the action. And uh, yeah, so we did...
1: I love how you're like giving back, you know, you're giving these, these new, you know, producers where, whether it's audio or film a chance and, you know, they have you backing them up, you know, and that you when they leave, they're done and they have something like a portfolio to, to show a future employer. Oh, that's what they see.
3: That's one of the things that bothered me when I graduated from film school and came up to Detroit. The very first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to shoot. I wanted to get a camera. But now you got to remember back then, these were beta cameras. They were like $85,000 cameras. So I remember one of the guys that I I was working with, I said, I want to run the camera. And he laughed at me. He's like, listen, kid, you're not touching an $85,000 camera. (laughs) Nobody would let me shoot. And it drove, and that's how I ended up defaulting. to sound was because they're like, "We'll start here, and we'll see if you can, you know, if you're good enough." And so, uh, my my goal behind the internship program was, well, I want to give a, a kid a chance. Like, I want to find somebody that really, really wants to rock and roll on video, and I want to give them an opportunity to do whatever they want. And so, I would help. Um, produce the show as like an executive producer kind of thing like i would make you know they shot the whole thing themselves they edited the entire thing themselves all of the interviews with the interns i wouldn't even be in the room because i wanted <laughs> the interns to like if they wanted to make fun of me or laugh at me, i wanted them to be raw and candid i'm like listen yeah. you guys say whatever you want <laughs> cut it in the show if it's something crazy and we might have to remove it but you know and so but the producer had the chance to shoot and edit their entire uh, the entire series their way. And then I would come in and help, you know, massage and, and tweak the edits with them and show them why I'm making those tweaks so that by the time they left, they had an entire season of, you know, anywhere between eight to 12 episodes that they could say, look, I produced this series.
1: That, that's, I mean, yeah, that's just so, that's awesome. Cause that's what everyone really wants is they want a chance to do what they love and it's hard to come by it, So that's, That's cool. I want to go and watch that series. It it sounds fun. I want to see what people say about you that that know you better.
3: (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, it's it's mostly all true, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think unfortunately.
1: (laughs) Well, on the topic of like you know new and upcoming uh, you know artists, what is like a piece of advice that you would give someone that wants to make a living in sound or film? Um, you know, because I have to say something special. I'm sorry, something special that Mike, uh, not Mike, Matt Bush told us. I mean, that's how we found out about you is through our our friend of the show, Matt. He said you you gave him like a really, just you gave him like three simple words. Uh, Simple words is don't give up, you know, never quit is what you told him. And he's always appreciated that.
3: Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it will only happen if you make it happen. And, and that's just like, that's the bottom line. When a runner's in a race, the finish line doesn't come to him, right? (laughs) The runner goes to the finish line. And so, um, you don't have to have permission, right? I've made almost 700 sound effect products now. Um, and I can tell you this, nobody gave me any permission to make any of those. Like I just started recording sound effects. I just did my thing, you know, all the movies, all the video series, all the books I wrote, all these things, nobody gave me permission. I just did it. Um, so whatever it is you want to do, just start doing it. Um, but don't worry if it sucks, because it's gonna suck. Like the first time you do it, it's yep. gonna suck, like expect it to suck. Like Jimmy Page, one of the like greatest <laughs> rock and roll guitarists out there. Do you think he sounded like that the very first day he picked up a guitar? Like, no, he sucked, but you know what? The second day. He sucked a little less, and then the third day, and then the fourth day, and then over time, you just get good at it. And so it, you're only going to get good at it if you keep doing it. So don't don't worry about failing because you're supposed to fail. Don't worry about screwing up; you're going to screw up. Just keep doing it, and eventually you get better.
1: That's awesome. I think that's great did, did I rush Man, it? It
3: sounded it sounded that, rehearsed. Did I rush it or?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that. No, that that was good. I mean, it's true. I think people are just a. You know, you know, like the the good old Smash Mouth saying, "You never know if you don't go, and you never shine if you don't glow." So, yeah. <laughs> we
0: just quote songs you know, that we probably shouldn't on <laughs> the show way too often.
2: <laughs>
3: it's funny that you mentioned that song. I was just on a call last night with a producer in LA, who her I can't remember who it was. It was her friend. It actually wrote that song. So apparently the guys in Smash wow. Mouth didn't write the song. I guess I don't know. I I don't I'm not a, like a huge Smash Mouth I like their songs but wow. um but apparently that song was written by somebody outside of the band or whatever but yeah.
0: Everything watch, I thought watch, I knew watch was that a not lie. Be true. Yeah. Watch me
3: start a rumor. Watch me start a rumor and that wasn't even true. <laughs> I probably should have checked contract. my facts before I said that. She sounded real convincing on the call, so I took her at her word.
1: Awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's that's unfortunate. You know, I can't listen to it every. Just
3: kidding. It, that's that's great. <laughs> well, whole, whole, well, now, Hotel California wasn't uh, – th- there was an outside writer on that one as well, right? Hotel California by the Eagles. So not not all bands write their well, own no, music. Well, now you know
0: that I loved is gone.
3: <laughs> like Manic Monday, that was for the Bengals, right? But that was written by Prince. Although, in my opinion, you the Bengals yeah. crushed it. Yeah, it was way better than Prince's version. But then again, it's the Bengals, right? You guys know who the Bengals <laughs> yeah. have no idea who the
0: Bengals are, do you? No, oh, we, we have no, no I really idea. I, I, I know, Did I know, Prince. Oh
3: know. wow!
1: No, that's okay. throwback. Well, I right mean, there.
0: we said we'd like the prequels, so I mean <laughs> yeah. that gives you an idea.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, there you
0: go.
3: <laughs> Never mind.
1: Well. Well, Justice, you have your favorite question that, um, I mean, are there any more questions you want to ask no, before we end it? No, let's finish with that one. All right. Justice has a question that he likes to finish with, so I'll let you do the honors, I, Justice.
2: No, it's just something that I've always liked, like asking people who, uh, you know, done a lot of great things in their life. Um, so what has been your greatest failure, and how have you grown from that professionally?
3: Oh, wow. Um, my greatest failure? I don't know. There's been too many to say that this one is my greatest. Um, <laughs> man, that's a
0: really super good question. I don't know that I can point to one. If you say coming on Pod Wars, we might be a little hurt by that. <laughs> Well, but we'll, well understand. you know
3: what? Here's the thing. In my defense, I haven't listened to the show back yet, so I can't make that decision.
0: <laughs> no, but...
3: um. <laughs> No, I actually, I don't know that there's. I don't know that there's any one thing. Not that I haven't screwed up. Um, the sound effects Bible is literally a book about all of the things I did wrong. <laughs> like, like that's how I found out how to do it. Because uh, you got to remember, I started making sound effects in Detroit. Do you know how many sound effects creators there are in Detroit? just me. Like, that's it. Like, so I had nobody helping me out. And this is when the internet was just getting started. So it was not, wasn't like I had a bunch of people I could call to give me advice. So I just literally, when it was just trial and error, like all that stuff I was recording and all that stuff, I'd go out and spend an entire day recording stuff and then come back and find out it all sucked. And I'm like, well, I guess I won't do that again. And so for me, it's just like every day is just lessons learned, I guess, you know, I think the only mistakes are ones you don't learn from.
1: Hmm. hmm. That's good. Well. Well. Awesome, man. I mean, this has been a good time. Um. Thanks again for coming on, and yeah, thanks for what you've done for all the all the video games and TV that we love. You know, it's and yeah, that's just cool. You got to be a part of of the last Star just, Wars, the, the last Skywalker film. Oh, what I just does have to this? say it's super
2: cool that I played Halo growing up so much, and so I'm like that Warthog sound is like ingrained in my brain, and so like you saying that you like created that sound, <laughs> just like it brings me so much joy. Like I just, I, I like played that game like to death. So all right, here's the, all right. Thank you you. want to know a
3: secret? <laughs> the very first day that I went out recording sound effects, like the very first day I was literally just playing around with a, with a recorder. I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, I'll record sound effects. I ended up finding an old rusted junk, car and I ended up using some of those squeaks in those sound effects for the halo. Uh, so, so technically my very first day recording, um, ended up that stuff's been used actually in, in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, the, the, some of those sounds from the very first day. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I wasn't even there to record sound effects, much less quote unquote, professional Hollywood sound effects, you know? So the thing is, is this, you know, <laughs> you, you miss a 100% of the shots you don't shoot. That's just how it is. You just, you, it's all about shots on goal, man. You yep. just keep shooting, and eventually something sticks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I love that you have a specific thing to mention from when you're just playing around, too. Because I feel like a lot of successful people, they say that you just got to go for it, but they mention how they had success later. You're like, nah, first day one, I was going for it, and I got something that was in Halo. Like, I love that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well that was my first day recording sound effects but but well the thing is is this is i didn't get the deal for a couple of years so it's, it's, it's what yes. yeah, yep. yeah, uh, um, have, oh.
0: i those say yeah true yeah yeah quick question
2: have you uh, also been working on aladdin uh 34 or uh 3744
3: Thirty-four seventy-seven. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No worries. It's if
2: it, it, the, the, the easiest way to
3: remember thirty-four seventy-seven is because it's Matt Bush and everything. He's like lost. Everything has to make sense in his world. It's like the numbers. What was the numbers? Mm-hmm. Uh, four eight. Uh, what was it four eight, 15, 16, 23, sixteen twenty three four? He's got those numbers tattooed on his arm, right? So thirty-four seventy-seven <laughs> is Matt. It's it, no, he does have those numbers. T- I'm not joking. He has those numbers on his arm, but um. Thirty-four seventy-seven. So the three is the M, the four is A, and seven and seven is TT. Whoa, wow. So that's why it's oh, that's thirty-four cool. seventy-seven. Yeah, trust me. Wow. Everybody was. That's a little bit
0: more classy than eight zero zero eight in the calculator.
1: <laughs> well, he said, well, he you know, he's got his like, own fish.
3: Star Wars character named after him.
1: Yeah. As well. yeah he's, Did he tell you about he's that? Part of the 501st, yeah, he's part of the Five O First Legion, and his his TK he's TK thirty-four seventy-seven. But did he get like a real canon Star Wars character too? Yeah, so he was draw it was I can't remember, I should know
3: this cuz it's Matt, but I want to say it's the Death Star droid or whatever or one of that's that I think it's that guy, but it's um what do he call? I forget the number now. It's MB something, but he's got a star because when he was doing it for the comic or whatever he was drawing, they didn't have an official name for it. So he just said, well, I'll name it Matt Bush. So he named it MB something <laughs> and it stuck. And then it ended up creeping its way into star Wars canon. And so now Matt Bush is an official star Wars uh, character. Yeah. Hey, I want to hey, say it was the best. Well, I want to say it's that. the death star droid.
1: I can't remember. Maybe it's the mouse droid. I feel like I've maybe seen something about a mouse droid or something.
0: I don't know. I just know you're you're hyping him up better than he hyped up himself. Right? <laughs> you're doing a good job with it.
1: <laughs> well, I, well, you guys, well, you guys are out of state, so
3: you guys aren't from Detroit, so you haven't been to his house, dude. His house is like freaking Disneyland, but for Star Wars. Like, there's like life-size action <laughs> figures everywhere you go, and there's like paintings and there's artifacts, and so it's like he's oh, like the perfect funny. Mitch. It's 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 like if you could go inside of Lucas's George Lucas's head when he was twelve, like that's what Matt Bush's house looks. like. <laughs> Like, so half of it's indiana jones so there's like all these artifacts and maps and you know hindu stuff and like you know all these different things from different countries and then you go downstairs and it's just and and different parts of his office and it's all like star wars land so
2: well when we were interviewing him for the interview he had like the robot for the Ladd movie just like chilling next to him the whole time he was podcasting because he was <laughs> trying to show us it but he's like sitting there like so like we could see like a little bit into his house but like, yeah like he's just like Sitting there holding on to this robot like the whole interview was was really funny because, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But hey, your interview is going to have some crazy sound effects, so I mean that's something extra special. We're going to try to find some explosions. I don't know if you have like fart noises or something. I feel like a lot of podcasts do that.
3: I'm sure there's fart noises in there. We had a rule at the at the chop shop is if you had to fart, you had to put it near the mic, so you had to get the mic, and so yeah. (laughs) We have, I have, believe it or not, this is my claim to fame. Like, forget the books and all this cool stuff. Here's my claim to fame. I am probably the only guy in the world that recorded a horse fart in in Surround. Because we ended up having two guys... One guy was at the front of the horse recording. One guy was at the back, and they were both in stereo. On the and the horse poof, just blasted one out, and and so we got it in perfect surround. So we actually were like, "No way!" How often did this happen? So we put it up. We pulled it up in the studio. We were like putting it in surround. We're like, "Oh my god! It sounds like we're inside the horse." You know.
0: Who was who was the poor intern who drew the short straw and had to do the ass end of the horse? <laughs>
3: Uh, well, no, it wasn't on purpose where, like, it's not like you can tell when the horse is going to fart. Like, he's
2: ready. <laughs> 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 I mean, what happened
3: was the guy that was at the back of the horse got the crappy end of the
1: deal. <laughs> because he's back
3: there. And
0: In talent, more ways you know? than one.
1: Uh, yeah, oh, I don't know. That's so great. <laughs> of all the amazing things you've done, I have to agree, that's the best. That,
0: yeah, that, that's hard to top. But, How many people are here? Okay, do you know horse farts aside, though. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like only one or two off the top of my head, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but if you guys are interested in hearing more about Rick's work, maybe checking out his books, you can go on to rickveers.com. You could check out his book, The Sound Effects Bible and the Location Sound Bible to get more info and kind of maybe step up and do kind of what Rick did, just start going for that endeavor and just recording and see what happens, you know? Maybe you'll find a horse that's willing and able. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thanks again so much, Rick, for coming on the podcast. We really loved having you on.
3: Cool, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Words, What should, what should I do for my sound check? Um, what if I just talk out Eminem M&M lyrics? Sure. His palms are sweaty, <laughs> knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps. <laughs> 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 the music
1: <laughs> is bad. <better! laughs>
0: I love white person talking out rap. Yeah, it's like yeah. my favorite hop. Dude keeping that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>